This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Well, good morning, River Church, again. Y'all can say it again, it's okay. So glad to be here with you guys this morning as we, um, well, we ended our dialogue series last week, and uh, we have a new series coming up uh, soon, uh, but I'm not going to tell you what the name of it is yet. I'm not going to tell you about it yet because I want it to be a surprise. I'm going to tell you about it next week, but I think you're going to like it. I think you may have even have asked for it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Some of you guys are catching my drift. Well, I hope that we are having a good Labor Day weekend. I hope that you've had a good holiday weekend so far. Maybe you've had a good cookout. Maybe you've grilled out with some family. Maybe you got some family in town that you're uh, enjoying. I hope it's been awesome. Everybody had a good Labor Day weekend? All right. A few of us have. That's awesome. Um, I want to tell you guys real quick before I, uh, before I begin, next week we have a very special day coming up. Does anybody know what next week is? 10 for 1, yeah, you've brain, I brainwashed you guys well. Next week we have 10 for 1 uh, coming up, and uh, if you're new here or you're not familiar with it, uh, it's a day that we really want to honor and celebrate uh, this school that we get to meet in. It's a blessing for us as a church to be able to meet in this elementary school, and we do some cool things here that, that we get to be a part of, like we get to uh, mentor some kids at the school and things like that, and it's really special. Um, another way that we try to partner and encourage the school is through... Uh, this idea called 10 for 1. And you say, what is 10 for 1? All right, what is 10 for 1? I know know you were asking, you were wondering. Um, Well, really, we heard of this idea. We stole it from somebody else. And at their church, they they did a big event called One for One. And so every person that was there, they gave away a dollar to an organization uh, to help somebody out. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, one for one? That's boring. So we're like, let's do two for one. We're like, well, two for one, that's... That's still pretty boring. We're like, you know what? Let's do 10 for 1. Let's get crazy with it. So that's where 10 for 1, the idea was birthed. And so what it is, is for next week, every single person that's here, we're not asking you for money. We're not saying show up with your money, although you can if you want to. We're going to give away out of our church budget uh, $10 for every single person that is here. And I think last year we raised around $2,000, something like that, uh, to give away to the school. And so we're going to give it to the school and it's going to be for, to create what we're calling the teacher fund. And on the teacher fund, yeah, there's awesome things like snack funds. How many of us know we need some snacks, right? Yeah. See, one person likes to eat snacks. So we got a party fund. We got, who likes to party? There's a few more. All right. Okay. Who likes supplies? Yeah. You guys are completely different than I would have thought. And then coffee and drink fund. Basically, it just goes to a fund to help celebrate the teachers, uh, get them cool things that so they don't have to pay for it themselves. Because if you're a teacher, you know some teachers, you know they're always buying things for the classroom, always buying things for their students, always spending things out of their own pocket. We want to create a fund to help pay for some of those things for them. And you've heard me mention this before, but we raised so much money last year that they were able to basically spend the rest of it this summer and going into the new school year on some fun things like back-to-school lunch and things like that. So all that to say, next week, guys, let's pack it out. Let's have an awesome time. And let's just raise a whole bunch of money to bless some really awesome teachers. Amen? All right. All right. So uh, we're going to jump in with something new today. And like I said, I hope that you enjoyed the dialogue series on prayer. For me, it was special having my dad come last week and preach and finish up 
uh, the series. And so he not only finished up the series, but he dedicated our son Judah. And so that was really fun, uh, just sharing that with all of you guys and doing that together kind of as a church family. Today, um, we're kind of in between series. And so today I thought we would uh, do something kind of maybe crazy outside the box. On Labor Day weekend, I thought maybe we would talk about labor. Some of you guys are getting nervous. You're like, which way, is, which direction is he going to take this? Which direction is he going to go with this? Well, if you think about Labor Day, uh, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? I think of, when I think of Labor Day weekend, I think of parties. I think of somebody getting the boat out and me hoping I can hitch a ride, right? I think of a three-day weekend. I think of a nice day off of work. Um, <clears throat> I think of kids going back to school. Amen? Amen, Right? For us, we're about to put Gideon in preschool, and uh, it's kind of weird. Like we, like we, people keep asking us, "Is he ready? Is he ready?" Because he just turned three, and I'm like, "Well, he's ready. We're not ready." You understand that that feeling? Like he's ready. We like you know almost cry every time we think about it. It's kind of weird, but um, anyway. So we think about maybe kids going back to school, but to be honest, if if maybe you know this, I didn't, I was unfamiliar with this until I started reading about it this week. That's not what Labor Day was originally created around, like this idea of just a nice relaxing weekend. Do you guys know that? You know that? If you do, just shut me out. But for the rest of us, listen, Labor Day weekend was originally uh, this idea, this celebration of Labor Day originated around a uh, time in America's workforce history, most kind of dismal chapters. So what's going on is in the late 1800s, America's in the middle of the Industrial Revolution here, where you have the average worker working 12-hour days, seven days a week, and barely making enough money to, to survive was not exactly a great time uh, to be a worker. Like, we thought we had it bad, right? Some of you guys are like, that is my life, Mike. <laughs> You're working too much, man. You're working too much. Like, not only do you have adults working 12-hour days, seven days a week, but you have kids as young as five years old, five, six years old, working in mills and factories and mines all across the country. One thing that was really bad was that you had um, specifically poor people or people without a lot of resources and new immigrants to the country. They had to work extremely uh, and, and mostly extremely unsafe working conditions with insufficient access to like things like good air, um, sanitary facilities, which you know are kind of important occasionally, um, no breaks. And so what begins to happen is um, at, at labor unions begin to form. And as these labor unions begin to form, they begin to organize these strikes and these rallies to kind of protest these really unfair working conditions. And what's interesting is these rallies and strikes start turning violent. So you have police officers getting killed. You have American workers getting killed. And it, it becomes this really just awful thing that starts to happen. As a matter of fact, one of these events they had in City Hall, Union Square, and they call it today the first Labor Day Parade. <laughs> Ain't no Mickey Mouse float in that one, right? Not exactly my idea of a fun parade, but that was the first Labor Day Parade. And so out of that, they have this first, what they called the working man's holiday, Labor Day. And so basically in order to kind of like settle things with the workforce, uh, they basically, Congress passed this law to, uh, hey, we'll give you one day off every year. We'll call it Labor Day to celebrate you guys. You feel honored with that? But anyways, that's where Labor Day kind of originated from. Like, like if you're me, if, if you're like me, I never knew that Labor Day was such a serious 
thing around so much turmoil. It's really sad if you think about it. Because ultimately what the creation of Labor Day was is the American workforce who is overworked, underpaid, wasting away their health and their lives, trying to get somebody else rich, finally had enough, rose up and said, no more. No more. I'm not wasting my life. I'm not pouring out my life. I'm not spending my life on this. They're pouring their lives out, wasting their lives away. And they said, no more. We got to have something change here. We got to have something break here. We got to have something different here. And I can't help but think about Labor Day and make it about me. Anybody else? Don't you love it when you go to somebody and you talk to them about your problems or your issues? You want to share something with them, they turn it around and make it all about themselves. Anybody in here do that? Don't raise your hands. Somebody does. Raise your hand. All right. Well, that's what we're going to do today. <laughs> As I was reading this story and thinking about this story, well, not story, this history, it made me begin to think about the things that I'm pouring my own life out for. It made me begin to think about uh, maybe I'm not physically being overworked and I'm not exhausted and I'm not working these 12-hour days in awful working conditions for no money, wasting my life a day away. But it did make me wonder, what exactly am I giving my life to? What exactly am I pouring my life out for? The things that I'm giving my time and energy to, is it worth it? Is it the right things? Is it the, th or is it the things that I actually care about? You ever ask yourself those questions? And so I was processing, and I began to kind of make a list. I'm like, what am, I, what am I chasing after? What am I striving after? What am I giving my life away to? And I thought about, okay, maybe the American dream. I'm chasing those 2.5 kids, right? Two-car garage, nice house. Am I chasing after that? Am I chasing after having the perfect little kids? And if you've seen my kids, they are the perfect little kids, right? Can I get an amen? You better amen loud. What am I chasing after? Am I chasing after just trying to make my wife happy? Amen. You better believe it, right? Amen. Am I chasing after the Dallas Cowboys winning another Super Bowl? Is that my goal in life? Somebody, my college team ain't going to do me any favors. I'm, I'm a Tennessee fan, and if you know what happened to them yesterday, it's really bad. Am I chasing after retirement? Am I chasing after just being comfortable? Am I chasing after, like, man, just, just getting safe? Am I, I even thought about this. Am I just chasing after trying to, as a pastor, build a church up out of nothing, plant a church, and do something real big? For who? For what? For what reason? Why? What am I striving for? What am I giving myself to? And I, I would encourage you, if you take notes today, maybe you write down a few things that are on your own list. What am I striving for? What do my, we call them here, we did a sermon series about this last year. We call them, what are my big rocks? What are my big rocks? And you say, big rocks, what is that? Well, the big rocks in your life, like my family, my faith, my relationships, my job. These, these are the big rocks of life, the most important rocks of life. And then you have these little small rocks that are things like your fantasy football team, right? Like these little things that you love that, that take up your time that, that maybe they're not the most important. They're not the biggest things in your life, but they're these small rocks. And if we're not careful, we get things out of order and the, the little rocks fill in the cracks and they kind of move out the space for the big rocks. And sometimes we let the little rocks overwhelm them. They take over our time and our energy and our resources. They take over the time and the energy that we want to give to the big rocks of life. But because our priorities are a little out of whack or maybe we're not being proactive enough or what, I don't know what all the, you know, the A-list reasons are, but for whatever reason, we've kind of gotten a little out of whack. And so our big rocks have been overtaken by our small rocks. 
Because these are the things that we intentionally or not, we give our lives to. And as I was, you guys are really just going along a thought process journey with me, to be honest, more than even preaching. Because as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, you know, Labor Day, which was, what am I giving my life out for? Then I began to think about Paul's writing to Timothy, because I've been reading Paul's epistles this last couple of weeks. And so I was thinking about what he said to Timothy in uh, Timothy chapter 4, and Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. And, and if you're unfamiliar, Timothy was a pastor that Paul is kind of mentoring. And so he would write him letters, and he would encourage him, and he would correct him if he needed to, and he would just kind of raise him up. Uh, and But in one of Paul's writings, it looks like he's kind of doing a little reflecting on life. Like Paul's kind of at the end of life, and he's writing to Timothy, and he's starting to do some reflecting on his life, how he spent his life, everything he's kind of lived for. And he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. He says, for I am being poured out as a drink offering and that the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is a reserve for me in the future crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Now, there's a lot in here, but there's some very specific things Paul says to Timothy. Number one, he says, hey, I'm about to die. It's a really uplifting letter, right? Hey, man, it's towards the end for me. Here's a few things. Number one, I'm pouring my life out. It's this idea of I'm giving my all to something. I'm giving myself to something. I'm giving my life to something. He said, the thing I'm pouring my life out is to be an offering to God. And he says, three, he says, man, and there's a crown in heaven waiting for me because of it. He finishes it, but I have fought the good fight. It means I've lived well. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now, I think all of us would probably at the end of our lives want to say some of these same things. I've, I've lived well, man. I've, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Hey, man, there's a crown waiting for me. Like Those are good things that we would probably all want to say with confidence about the lives that we live. But then there's that pesky first part, isn't there? Where he says, hey, I'm pouring my life out for something. I'm giving my life, all of my life, to something. And if you're like me, you maybe you read that and you're looking at it and going, man, Paul sacrificed himself. He gave himself to something. He poured himself out for Jesus. Man, that's so crazy and impossible, right? Like, man, Paul's pretty amazing. And the truth is, Paul was pretty amazing. But the mistake that we make is this, is we look at Paul's life and we look at our own life and we go, man, I could never pour my life out like that. I could, man, I could never, I could never I could never give my life away like that. I could never give my life to something like that. That's too big. That's too heavy. That's too, I don't know. Well, as, as I say that, I want to let you in on a little secret this morning. And I want to say it. Just don't tell anybody I'm telling you this. I want you to look me right in the eye. Okay, we can't do that. We can try. You're already pouring your life out for something. Even as we sit here in this space today, you look at Paul and they're going, oh, he, he poured his life out for Jesus. That seems so big. Poured my life out. You're already pouring your life out on something. Maybe it's like me, and sometimes it's seven hours of Netflix on a Tuesday night. Can I get amen? Yeah, there's a few of us in here. Say, it's not Netflix, Mike. I don't do that. It's Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's kind of like, what's the soap opera say? <laughs> Like water flowing through the hourglass. No, sand. There's sand flowing through the hourglass. There goes your life. I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of soap operas. 
the truth is all of our lives are being poured out as an offering and worship to something. Most of us just don't pay enough attention to our lives to realize what it is. So the question then becomes, what are we pouring ourselves out for? As we think of Labor Day weekend, what am I laboring for? What are the things that I give my time, my energy, the re- my resources, my love, my thought life to? What are the things I'm giving them to? And you know, there's an old saying that says, if you want to know what you care about, look at your calendar and look at the way you spend your money. It'll tell the story about what you love. And I think there's some truth in that. I've even quoted it before. And I think there is some truth in that. But what if we just got mixed up? Like, what if the things that we actually care about, the things that we want to be the big rocks in our lives, the things that we want our lives to be focused on, aren't actually the things that we spend our time and our money on because we just got twisted up and life's overtaken us and we've let the little rocks get in the way? What if we've gotten trapped by the small rocks and maybe you're chasing after the American dream and you're going, I don't even really want to chase after that. Maybe you're so caught up in your sports team and you're like, man, I don't even really like sports that much. Let me (laughs) tell you, like, these things can overtake us. Like I, I watched this uh, documentary a couple years ago about a uh, football, well, a soccer team called uh, Manchester City. Became my team that I follow. Go City. Nobody, nobody, no soccer fans. One Liverpool fan. Get out of church. Um, I've literally alienated everybody in the congregation except for one person. They're like, "What is he talking about?" Anyways, we we were watching this documentary on this uh, soccer team called Manchester City. They're playing their rivals, Manchester United, and so as they're playing their rivals, uh, it's like if they win this game, basically they win the League Cup, right? So this is like the championship game. And so in the documentary, they're interviewing this older gentleman and his his adult son who's with him, and the guy is just sitting there. And as he's as he's talking, he's like this this older guy. I mean, he was a little bit inebriated, but he was like crying. Okay, he's at a, a football game. They're up or soccer game. They're up two to nothing, and he's like, man, this. If we just, if we win this game, I'm going to do my British accent. If we win this game, I can't even do it. For City, it'll be the greatest day of me life. The greatest day of me life. I can't believe I'll ever see this. Oh, my goodness. That sounds more Irish. Irish. I'm not good at accents. They all sound the same. Australian, me life. African, me life. It's all the same. I can't do it. But he's like, there's the point. The guy is sitting next to his grown son crying, going, this will be the greatest day in my life if they win. I can't believe it. And I'm like, dude, how pathetic is your life? You laugh, but like this next to your son, right? Like him being born doesn't top City winning a football game. And it is football. Like what a, dude, how mixed up do you have your rocks, right? Like the rocks in his head are not right. What's ironic is they were up to nothing, but City ended up losing the game. So poor guy, right? Poor guy. But what's my list? What are the priorities of my life? How am I laboring? What am I giving myself to? What am I striving for? Like, like not, 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 so I, I don't want you to necessarily ask, well, I do want you to ask this, but don't spend too much time on Not what are the things I spend my time on, my resources are, but what do I want them to be? What should they be? How can I change that if it's not the way that I want it? Because again, these are the things we give our lives to, intentionally or not. Maybe you're sitting here going, Mike, I'm so stinking happy I came to church today. 
You're like, happy Labor Day, going to a picnic tomorrow, and not as good as Paul. (laughs) He's pouring his life out for Jesus, and I'm just a sinner going to picnics. Amen? Literally, here's what I would say to you, and I, I mean this with all love. Stop being a big baby. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm not trying to throw you in a pity party. Stop being a baby. We're all adults here. But what I am hoping for, what the point of this talk is, is that on Labor Day weekend, you would honestly ask yourself the question, what am I laboring for? I want to challenge you to examine the big rock areas in your life. The things things that I say are the most important things in my life, actually the things that I give my life to. And if they're not, if they're not living your life the way that it should be, if you're not spending your time and your energy on these big rocks, then you need to use Labor Day, what it was intended for, like these men and women did so many years ago, and maybe you need to just riot a little bit. Maybe you need to rise up just a little bit. No, no actual riots, but maybe there's a riot that happens in your soul. Maybe you have this moment where you just say no to the man, you rise up and you go, I've, I've had enough of pouring my life out for some junk that doesn't matter. I've had enough of giving my time and energy to some some junk that doesn't matter, that has no real value, that at the end of the day, I'm treating it like a big rock, but all it is is a pedal. Pebble, not a pedal. You need a riot in your soul to rise up against the things that aren't worth giving your life to. If you're looking at your life and you're saying, I'm tired of giving myself to this junk, then it's time to stand up, go on strike, turn your eyes on Jesus and reorient your life, your resources, your time, your thoughts to what truly matters so that at the end of your life, you can say, like Paul, I have poured my life out because we're all pouring our lives out whether you want to or not. Time is running out. Do you know that? Time is running out. Some of us got some more. Some of us don't have so much. Time is running out. And some of y'all going on this sermon because we're pouring our lives out for something. We want to say like Paul, I've poured my life out as an act of worship I've run the race well. I'm looking forward to my crown. And that we would look at like Romans 12, 1 says, he says, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. And he says the mercies of God, because God has been so good to us, so kind to us, so generous to us, so merciful to us. He says, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Why do I bring that verse up? Because if we're going to be refocusing our lives, if we're going to be refocusing our, our lives around the true big rocks, what we need to do is begin by focusing our lives around God. Because even though I called my faith a big rock earlier, God ain't no rock, or he's not a big rock. He's not one of the rocks in your life. He is the rock in your life. You understand what I'm saying? He's not a part of the puzzle. He is the centerpiece that all of the rest of the puzzle works its way around. Does that make sense? He is the rock that informs where all the other rocks go. And maybe you're sitting here and you're going, man, all this talk about rocks. (laughs) I don't think I can work any harder. I don't think I can do anymore, Mike. I'm already like, when you said that 12-hour workday with no bathroom breaks and no fresh air, I thought that was my work conditions, man. That's what I felt like I was living in. This, this whole talk today, this whole sermon today is not a do more, work harder talk, okay? This isn't a bootstraps, you need to do more, you need to figure it out, you need to get, it's, that's, not, that's not what this is. I'm not saying work harder and Jesus will love you. What I'm saying is 
oftentimes that's the one of the greatest mistakes we make is we think, okay, my rocks aren't prioritized, right? My life's all jacked up or whatever. I need to just work harder and I'll get there. Work harder and I'll get there. Some of us are already working ourselves to death. Some of us are already exhausting ourselves to death. We're just doing it focused on and surrounded on the wrong things, the wrong priorities. What I'm saying is you're already pouring your life out for something. What we need to do is take that time, that energy, and focus it around the correct things. Redirect your time and your energy to what matters most. And maybe you got to cut some things out. But it's about focusing and directing our time, our attention, our energy to what will give us the most Christ-like, the most meaningful, the most fulfilled lives. A wise sage named Bruce Lee once said, The successful warrior is the average man or woman with laser focus. The successful warrior is the average man with laser focus. Now, I don't, maybe you look at me and you see a great big mighty warrior. (laughs) No, I don't know too much about, why are you laughing so hard, Galen? I see that. (laughs) I don't know too much about being a warrior, but what I do know is that if I'm pouring my life out, if I'm giving my life to something, I want it to be for what matters. I want it to be like that song that we sang earlier, for the cause of Christ, the life that I live. So what we need to do is get some laser focus. We need to ask some hard questions. We need to look at our lives and go, what am I laboring for? What am I giving my life to? Several years ago, I uh, my grandfather's passed away now, but back when I was in college, I got some got to spend some time with him and we were sitting around the dinner table one night and I was just I was just having a tough time with my calling as a pastor just where I was. I was just kind of struggling. And uh, he was a pastor. And so we were sitting there and we were just talking and I remember talking to him and um I asked him this question because I was just genuinely struggling. I said, "Grandpa, you were a pastor your whole life." You gave yourself to so much. You gave yourself to this. You got, in, and here he is. He was in his 70s with Parkinson's and, you know, not much retirement, just kind of, li- I mean, living life. And I remember asking him, I said, Was it worth it? What you gave yourself to, was it worth it? And Parkinson's and everything looked me dead in the eye and said, Every single day. And I think about that conversation a lot, not just because I'm a pastor, although, yes, because I'm a pastor, but. I think about that because I want to be able to say that about my life. I think we all do. I want to say that about the things that I pour myself out to, that it was worth it every single day. And in order to do that, we need to find the real things in our lives that have real purpose versus the things that just have the image of purpose. Does that make sense? Like that Manchester City fan I was telling you about. Look, I love sports. I'm in like 15 fantasy football leagues. I'm not just knocking on sports, okay? But he put in so much stock into that that soccer team. That was him giving his life to something that really was just the image of purpose, but something that really had no true purpose. Many of the things in our lives that we chase after and we see as having value and purpose are simply good things that we elevate in our lives to give us some semblance of purpose, but are simply just a mask living with a shadow of purpose and meaning. So what has real purpose? How can we chase purpose. Well, first of all, it has to center around Jesus. It has to center around that big rock, right? So I have a couple questions I want you to ask your big rocks today. So I want you to write these down if you have to know. Number one, 
as you're examining your lives, because I know, I believe you're going to go home today and over lunch, you're going to be talking to your friends, your spouse, or whoever you're with, and just say, hey, let's talk about our rocks. <laughs> the first question I want you to ask your big rock is, does it honor Jesus? The things that I'm giving my time to, my energy to, does this honor Jesus? In my work, does it honor Jesus? In my family, does it honor Jesus? In my relationships, does it honor Jesus? And you're like, my work, how can my work honor Jesus? If I'm not, a, do I need to quit and go be a missionary in Africa? Sure. No, I don't know. Probably not. Maybe, but probably not. But you look at your work life and you look at the way you treat people and you look at the way you interact with people and you look at the way that you, um, the effort that you put into your work, the kindness that you show other people around you. Do I show Jesus to other people in my work? These are ways that we bring Jesus and honor Jesus into those big rocks. The second question I would ask your big rocks this morning is, does it have eternal value? Like the things I'm giving to my family, am I giving eternal value into them? Am I adding value into them? I would say this, there's people here at the River Church who serve on the dream team, who set this place up every single week in the kids' ministries, in the uh, setup team, the band, the media, the welcome center, the youth program that we now are running. I, I want you guys to know that what you do honors Jesus. I want you to know that what you do has eternal value. Like our, our lives, our kids' lives are different because of what you do. Secondly, I would encourage you to examine those small rocks. And what I would say is ask your small rocks a few questions. These are good things, but often they can overtake, right? Number one, the small rocks in my life, does it have too much power in my life? Am I giving it too much power? Number two, does it, is this something that complements my life? Or is it something that controls my life? It's a small rock. Is it something that complements my life? Or is it something that has control over my life? And number three, how does it affect my big rocks? What impact does it have on them? What impact does it have on them? Ultimately, River Church, on this Labor Day weekend, I want you to be set free from some labor. <laughs> I want you to be set free as a church to live for purpose. And I don't want you to walk away here being like discouraged or thinking, oh, the pastor just said my life, I'm wasting my life. Uh, stop being a baby, just really. It's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying is I want you to stop working so hard. I just want you to work on the things that matter and are going to add value to your life. It's going to center your life around Jesus. So this morning, maybe you need to, as we pray here in a minute and sing and take communion, maybe you need to, maybe you need to examine and think and process some of those things. I would encourage you to, that you would look at your life and say, hey, I'm pouring it out for something. I'm proud of what I'm pouring my life out. I'm happy about what I'm giving my life to. I'm going to finish well. I'm going to keep the faith. And I'm looking forward to my crown in heaven. Amen. I'm going to pray for us. God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you give us purpose to live for, Jesus. Thank you that, man, what, how, what a privilege it is that we get to partner with you, God, in life. That you can give us something bigger to live for than just ourselves, God. I pray and ask this morning that as we examine the things that we labor for, as we examine the things that we give our lives to Jesus, I, I pray that, that we look at our lives and we're happy with what we've given our lives to. We're happy with what we're pouring our time out for, that we look at our work life and we go, it does honor Jesus, man, it does lift up Jesus' name. It does have eternal value. But I do pray that maybe if we're looking at some of those things, man, those those rocks are too big or those rocks are too small or these, I'm not doing it right here. I'm not doing it right there. I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would encourage us, God. I pray that you would strengthen us. 
because at the end of the day, we would be so thrilled with life that we can focus and reprioritize on what matters the most. Lord, I'm grateful for you, Jesus. I love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.